Well, it's good to be together this morning. Let's just turn in our Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, just uh, picking up at verse 15. It says this, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Just these few little verses I want to try and pick out today, just focusing really on one. But you know, today is Pentecost Sunday where we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit into the church. And you know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, people have all different kinds of understanding and responses to that. But you know, Jesus said very clearly, he said, it's for your good that I am going because if I go, then I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. And so the Holy Spirit has come to work in us and help us and strengthen us in our lives as followers of Jesus. And, uh, you know, he comes not just to be um, someone that we talk about or someone that we have theology about, but someone who we relate to, someone who we walk with, someone who we understand. And uh, I still feel that sometimes for us, uh, maybe this is still one of the most challenging aspects of our Christian walk is to walk with the Holy Spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? that we would learn to respond to him, that we would have this dialogue with him, that we would uh, expand our understanding of God through him, that we would allow him to speak to us and listen to his voice. You see, we're very good at understanding us for ourselves. We're not so good at allowing the Holy Spirit to give us understanding. We're very good at at seeking to take hold of everything for ourselves. You know, sometimes uh, we're a bit stubborn, aren't we? Well, where I'm, from, I'm, from, I'm, from where I'm sitting, yes, we are, do you know what I mean? We're a bit stubborn. We want, we want to be in charge. We want, to, we want to take control. We want to have our own understanding. Sometimes, you know, we feel, well, I, I'm, I'm prepared to be taught if I understand it. I'm not so prepared if, if someone else has to teach me. Just me, huh? There's, there's an independence in us that reacts against the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Do you know that? There's a sense of independence in us that wants to sort things out ourselves and learn and dialogue. And actually what we do with that is that very often we, we stop listening to the work of the Holy Spirit, to the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You ever had that, that kind of sense? Not listening, not listening. <laughs> Someone's talking to you and you don't want to hear it. And I want to talk this morning a little bit about this relationship with the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus said in the book of Acts, he says, Do not leave Jerusalem to his disciples, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said, you know what? I I want you to hear. I want you to understand. I want you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, because actually until you have this relationship with him, then actually you're going to function at less than I want for you. And until you have this uh, intimacy with him, until you learn from him, and he goes on to talk about what the Holy Spirit was going to do, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about it, about the end. And, you know, this was really uh, how the Pentecostal movement started back there in the 1890s, 1900s. But our own Elam church came into being in 1915. We're over 100 years old. And, and then it was an exceptional aspect of Christianity 
to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and to rely on him. Most of the mainstream church didn't really accept that. We didn't want to have that uh, intimacy with God. We didn't have the gifts of the Spirit functioning. Today, 100 years later, praise God, man, that's changed. The churches that my granddad was thrown out of for speaking in tongues are now speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? It's amazing. I was at a conference a couple of years ago at the Albert Hall, and there was everybody there worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Excited about who God was and what he had done. Entering into his presence and uh, receiving his gifts into our lives. It's an amazing thing that the Lord has done by his Holy Spirit. And so today I want to remind you of the importance of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I want to do it with this little verse. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Great word. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. What an amazing little verse for us to take hold of. Paul is urging them to see their lives and to see their lives as part of the purposes of God and to understand that their lives can make a difference for his kingdom. And in the middle of all of that, and that's why he's writing to me saying, listen, uh, be careful how you live. Live with a sense of the hand of God upon your life. Live with a sense of perspective that God's trying to work and establish something in you. See, sometimes it's easy to lose perspective about our own lives. It's easy to think our lives don't really make a difference. Hello? It's easy just to think that uh, we're called just to live this life and, and get through it, but God wants us to have a sense of perspective that actually he can use us in this world where he's put us. And that actually as we respond to him and as we give ourselves to his purpose, guess what? All the stuff that we're worried about, the deal is he'll take care of that. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. All the things that would normally take up our world. Actually, God says, if you stop focusing on them, I'll, I'll deal with that. I'll take care of that. I'll make sure that, um, that I provide for you and look after you. I, I want you to focus on your life as part of the kingdom. And Paul urges us to live wisely, and he explains what he means, I think, with this little verse. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. This verse reminds me of uh, an old uh, TV show that used to be out. We were talking about it this week. Why don't you, anybody remember, why don't you, why don't you switch off your television set and go and do something less boring instead? Anybody watch it? I used to turn over to the other side because it was boring, do I mean? But the point it was trying to make was, there has to be something better than this. It was a bit ironic that it was this, that it was against, do you know what I mean? It was trying to make a point. And Paul's making a point here. He's saying, listen guys, I want you to live wisely. I want you to live carefully. I want you to live lives that are significant. I want you to live lives that make a difference for the king who you proclaim. Therefore, I say to you, don't get drunk with wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. He says, I want you to see something different. I want to, and I just want to unpack this verse for us this morning and uh, say a couple of things about it. First is this. You can't do it all. You have to decide what's important. Paul says, don't get drunk with wine. Now listen, let me get this straight out of the way. I don't think Paul was telling everybody they couldn't drink wine. Okay, because later on in Timothy, he says to Timothy, Timothy, take some wine for your stomach, for goodness sake, lad. Do you know what I mean? So he's saying to him, he's not, he's not condemning wine. What he's saying is, 
don't give yourself with a passion to drinking because it doesn't lead to the life that God desires. Hello. So let's not make it say one thing, but let's not take away what it means. It means that actually Paul's saying, listen, don't do that because you can't do everything and still follow Jesus. See, here's the deal, folks. When Jesus calls someone, he calls them to leave stuff behind. For all of us, we have to leave things behind to follow Jesus. For all of us, there comes a point when he says, listen, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and walk after me. He's saying, look, there comes a challenge in you that you have to say, hey, I can't do this. Actually, to follow him, I need to stop. And so he, he puts his finger on, on, on this particular issue, but it could be on almost any issue that keeps us from following him. He's saying to us, you have to decide what your priorities are. Because that is what it will take to follow Jesus. See, somewhere along the line, we have to decide, actually, what are my priorities about? Are they about him and following him, or are they about him following me? Sorry. But it seems to me that a lot of our priorities today are our priorities that we want to have and we want Jesus to follow them. We want him to make our lives better. Jesus didn't die on the cross to make your life better. That is a consequence of his death on the cross. But the purpose was to redeem you from sin. The purpose was to give you eternal life. And he asks you to follow him And to follow him, sometimes you're going to have to say, I can't do it all. Do you remember that Queen song? I want it all, and I want it now. Sometimes it feels a bit like that, doesn't it? Sometimes if we look at our prayer list, our prayer list is more about, I want it all, and I want it now, Lord. It's not about, Lord, where are you leading me? What are you teaching me? Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? It's not about responding to the Spirit. You see, this is the, the thrust of this. is This is all about really walking with the Holy Spirit. Because if we're walking with the Holy Spirit, then actually we're in an engaged relationship. We're saying, well, you know, here, here's where we're going. We're catching up with him and hearing what he has to say to us. If we're not doing that, then it's all about us. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps that dynamic alive in us, that helps us to follow him. You have to decide how you'll live, whether you're going to live carefully or uh, unwisely or just without regard for the things of God. Aren't you glad you came this morning? Sometimes we just have to focus that, which we have to hear what the Lord's saying. And, and uh, Paul comes and, uh, you know, this, this Pentecost Sunday, we want to celebrate the Holy Spirit and everything he has for us. But the truth is, if we're going to walk and live with the Holy Spirit, we have to understand that we can't do it all. That there are some things that will lead us, and we're going to look at this in a minute, that will lead us away from the Lord and other things that lead us towards him. And so therefore, we have to make a series of choices in our lives. See, I, sometimes I think people want very black and white religion. Do this, don't do this. But how many of you know relationship isn't black and white? Relationship is about understanding what pleases one another. And so we have to learn to respond to the Lord. We have to learn and to position ourselves to do that and to take hold of what he has for us. Jesus spoke about wise and foolish builders. And he said the difference was that one builder listened to his words and obeyed them. In other words, they said, hey, that's not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this instead. Because actually I want to build my life to last. 
I want to build my life so that it survives. I want to build my life so that when the storms hit it, I'm not overwhelmed. Jesus told the parable of the sower about about the seed that fell in different kinds of soil. And it says, and it received the word with with, uh, hunger and it grew up and spread up. But when the worries of this life choked it, it died down again. Why? Because the soil is more important than the seed. Because how you decide to receive the word of God will bring you into the revelation of the word of God. If you decide to receive this word this morning as a criticism, how many of you know I'll just bounce off? You'll go, don't tell me what I can and cannot do, fatso. I know what you're thinking. You'll tell me, don't tell me. Listen, I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. All I'm saying to you is the principle of the spirit is this. You can't do it all, folks. Bonhoeffer said this, when Jesus calls a man, he bids him, come and die. It's a strong statement. What it means is that we can't please ourselves if we're going to have Jesus as Lord and Savior. There comes a place where we have to surrender to him. Jesus said, no one can love two masters. He will love one and hate the other. See, in this world, let's be honest, we want to love two masters. We want to say, well, I love you, Lord. You're the best. But I quite love this too. We're convincing ourselves in our society that actually we can have it all and we can have it now. Hello. But you see, to be filled with the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit, we actually have to decide, you know what? That's less important to me than him. That's less important to me than him, than knowing him, than pursuing him. We don't like it when someone says, do not. Do not get drunk with wine. Do not lie. Do not covet. Do not steal. We want to say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I pursue other things. But the Lord says, don't put anything before me. And so we come to this point of having to decide how we're going to live our lives. And we have to say, I can't do everything. It's not money that is the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It's not wine that leads to debauchery. It's the love of wine that leads to debauchery. And so we have to recognize the challenge in our own lives about how we will live. I wanted to suggest to somebody here today that if you really want to follow him, you're going to have to stop doing something. I don't know what that is. We could sit down and I can give you a list. But hey, you don't just make your cross. You need to know what the Lord wants you to stop doing. Because if you can't be at peace with him, it's because... There's something in your life that you're doing that is not right with his spirit. And the Lord comes and he says, don't do that. Because that leads to this. Instead, follow the purposes and the plans that I have for you. Jesus came to the first disciples and he called them and it says, at once they left their nets and followed him. At once they left their nets and followed him. He came to the rich young ruler who was good and righteous and had followed the law and obeyed it to within a letter of the law. And Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, I tell you what, sell everything you have and follow me. 
It says the young ruler went away sad. Was Jesus against fishing? Was he against money? No, he was saying to them, you can't have it all, folks. To follow me, sometimes you've got to leave things behind and step out. And I just want to challenge the mentality today that says we can live for pleasure and still follow Jesus. We can't. We can live for ourselves and still follow Jesus. We can't. You can't love two masters. And this is the scary bit about the gospel. Jesus never made it easy to follow him. In fact, when everybody saw how hard it was, on his convention day, they all walked away. And they left him with his original 12. And he looked at them and he said, they've all gone. And the 12 went, yeah. It's not much fun anymore. And Jesus said, do you want to leave too? Why? Why Why be that hard? I mean, these guys, and they said, Master, where can we go? You see, until you understand that there's nowhere left to go after you've found Jesus, you're going to pursue other things. You can't have it all. Secondly, your choices will lead you to somewhere. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. I love that little phrase. Debauchery is an old-fashioned word, isn't it? We don't use it today. You're not going to see anybody today. Did you have a good weekend? It was debauched. No, we don't, we don't really use it. It means, it, means, it means willfully evil. It means wicked. It means dishonest. It talks about depravity. But, uh, but we know what it means, don't we? It leads to debauchery. We understand that because we see that actually, if we're not careful, our actions do lead us away. They do lead to making wicked decisions. They do lead to to things that are ungodly. They do lead to things that are wrong. They do lead to things that are opposed to the kingdom of God. And and, and, uh, Paul says, you know what? How The choices that you make will lead you somewhere. Don't think they won't. Don't think you can master this and it doesn't have its consequences on you. It will master you. Jesus said, sin is crouching at your door. Seeking to devour. And so we have to be careful, church, as we celebrate the Holy Spirit, that actually where we allow things to lead us, leads us closer to the Lord, not further away. It's amazing what can lead you away from God. Hello. It doesn't take much. You never set out to do it. You never set out to start. That's not your destination point. But you see, you realize when you make a choice, it will lead you away to somewhere. When you decide to lose your life in drink, it'll end up wrecked. When you decide to give yourself to sexual immorality, it will end up destroying your relationships with people and destroying you. It's where it leads. It's not because people are judging you. It's just where it leads When you decide that you're going to buy everything you can't afford, you end up in debt. It's just where it leads. When you decide you're not going to forgive people who've hurt you, you end up bitter and twisted. It's just where it leads. You want to think that you can live like that and it doesn't lead anywhere, but friends, it does. 
Our lives, if we were to go around and put a mic in front of them, they would be a testimony to that truth, wouldn't they? Because our lives have led us into places that we would never have chosen to go, but we found that one action led to another, which led to another, which led to another, which meant we ended up in a place where we didn't want to be. Hello? Anybody know I'm talking to you today? Our choices lead somewhere. And we need to understand that principle because if we're going to start making choices that lead to life, we have to think about it and understand it. We have to recognize that we're weak. See, we choose to distance ourselves from others, and then we wonder why we're alone. Hello? We become hard and isolated, and then we wonder why nobody seems to care. It's our choices that have led us there. People haven't stopped caring. It's just that you've stopped being willing to receive care. Oh, I need to relax now. I'm not having a go today. I'm not, I'm not after anybody. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I just want to get us to understand this principle that the choices you make lead somewhere. They either lead you towards the Lord or they lead you away from him. They either strengthen him in your, his grip on your life or, or they diminish that grip because you decide that you'll live a way that actually pleases you and is not about him. Now that's the very heart of this relationship with Jesus. And friends, that's the offense of it almost because we want to be able to convince ourselves that it doesn't matter. But oh church, it does. You see, we're free to live as we choose. That's what grace is all about. We're free to decide, hey, that's what I want to do. Hey, how many of you know God's not going to send an angel to blast you if you get it wrong? Because if he would, none of us would be here today. God isn't a God of vindictiveness. He's not going to come after you. He's not going to say, but he's watching you as your choice leads you further away from him. And he says, if only you would understand where you're headed. You're not walking towards me. You're walking away from me. Your choice leads you to a destination. The writer of Proverbs says this, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Just thought I'd throw that out there. (laughs) It's one of those scriptures, isn't it? I I learned that when I was a little boy. There is a way that seems right to a man, but at the end it brings destruction. It leads to death. It brings destruction into our lives. And Paul's encouraging the believers at Ephesus to consider the results of the choices that they make. If they get drunk in wine, it's going to lead them away from God. I find that a fascinating thing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be a great letter to write to the church? Church, stop getting drunk. Listen, when you read 1 Corinthians, everything happens in church. We all sit in church on Sunday and we all, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we're so glorious. We're so beautiful. We're so clean and innocent. And then the rest of our lives we spend repenting. Because everything's in the life of the church, friends. We're all fallen people. We all do things wrong. Hello. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, that is so true. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's so easy, isn't it? You know, just to, we, we, we all do it wrong. And Paul's saying, listen, church, I don't do that because it leads you into immorality. It leads you into all kinds of strife. I want you to think about it. You see, this is the tension of being a follower of Jesus. We are saved by grace, not by law. Listen, we are not more loved if we don't get drunk or if we get drunk. All right? 
I mean, I grew up in a religious, I grew up in church, and listen, I, but it was a bit religious for me. It made me feel as if I did something wrong, actually, I had to earn my salvation all over again by my repentance and by my Bible reading and by how good I was going to be. So you knew it was a good day in church when I was smiling and being happy to people. That probably meant Friday was not a good day for me. Do you know what I mean? Good morning, the Lord bless you. How are you there? Do you know what I mean? Can I encourage you? Can I help the door? Can I hold the door for you? Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to be nice. God, please see I'm nice. If you just see how nice I really am, you'll be impressed. No, his love for me didn't change just because I did something wrong. See, that's, what, that's the truth that we hold on to. However, because we're free to make a bad choice, doesn't mean we have to make the bad choice. Because God's love doesn't get removed of our lives when we mess up, doesn't mean I'm going to jump into a mess. Just so I can say, well, I knew you'd forgive me anyway. That's called taking the grace of God for granted. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and he says this to them. You say, I have the right to do anything I please because I'm free. And then he says to them, but not everything you do is beneficial for you. And so I want to say to you today, the choices that you make will lead you to God or lead you away. You can decide to get drunk But that won't lead you to the Lord. You can despise to spend spend all you have on pleasure, but that will not bring you treasure in heaven. You can decide to seek life outside of Christianity with people who don't share it, but that won't bring you close to him. It's just the truth. It leads you away. We don't like to hear the truth sometimes, do we? We want it to be fitted to our lives. Can we not just make the truth say what we want it to say so that we feel more relaxed about it? But the Bible says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. We need to understand that our choices lead us to life or to death. Oh, you weren't prepared for this this morning, were you? Man, I tried to find a nice little fluffy verse to preach this morning. But this was on my heart. I don't think I've ever preached on this verse before. In 25 years. Don't get drunk. You can't have it all. Follow Jesus, you have to leave something behind. Because it leads to debauchery. Your choices lead you either towards him or away from him. You've got to think about your choices today. Friends, you can't blame. You know, we've got a blame culture. You know, Christians, when they walk away from God, they blame other Christians. And they say, you know what? Those horrible, mean Christians have been nasty to me. Well, they're just as sinful as you are. So get used to it. You might have to forgive them. That's called growing up. It's called grace. It's called what we've been saved by. But the truth is, When you find yourself away from church and away from fellowship and away from God, don't blame Christians, friends. You're where you've led yourself. I'm sorry. There are reasons we find ourselves there. I understand that. I'm not hard-hearted about it and unsympathetic. I spend my life as a pastor trying to stop it. But you know what? When people get offended, nothing will change them because they make a choice to leave. Because the heart chooses to walk away from God. It's what they say is, I'm not giving up on God, I'm just giving up on the church. Friends, there are thousands of people there. 
out of the side of these walls, thousands of them, even in our city, thousands of them who gave up on the church, never meaning to give up on God, but the consequences that led them away. And today, God is way down the list. Oh, I have a faith. I'm not asking you to have a faith. I'm asking you to walk in with Jesus. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, instead, be filled with the Spirit. You know, God provides an alternative for our lives. He's called the Spirit. (laughs) He provides a friend to walk with us. He's called the Spirit. He provides power for us to get up on a day when we feel overwhelmed and worn out. He's called the Spirit. He provides truth and hope for our lives. I love this little word, instead. Instead, be filled. God is a God of the instead. Isaiah 61, to bestow on them crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That's what the Spirit of God does in our lives. He releases the presence of God into our lives. And instead of having to seek for fulfillment and all this stuff that isn't about God, we find life in him. Friends, that's either totally true or it's not worth it. Hello. See, sometimes I just want to say to the Lord, Lord, sometimes I feel as if I'm just going through the motions. You know what he says? You are. Anybody else get like that? Yeah, you are, Dave. You've stopped really talking to me. You've stopped really listening to me. It's all about pleasing me, Dave. You know, <laughs> I don't know about you, but my mum lives 100 miles away. She's getting old now. And when I, you know, I phone, I, I offer to go and do jobs for her and all this kind of stuff. You know what? She doesn't really want me to do jobs. She just wants me to sit with her and talk to her. Because she doesn't see much of me. She'll ask me to lift things because I'm, you know, I'm a man. It's about my entire use of DIY skills, to be honest, lifting. (laughs) But she wants to be with me. I want to please her. The way I please her is to be with her. How many of you know the Lord? The Lord doesn't need you to do all this stuff that you think is really important. Oh, Lord, look what I've done. I've read 15 chapters of the Bible this week. You know what God says? I already knew it. I've uh, visited the sick. He said, yeah, I healed them. What makes it think that we can do righteous acts to earn us credit with God? Friends, our righteousness is as filthy rags, the Bible says. What he loves is our attention. That I'm not going through the motions. And the only thing that can change in us is us. And, and to bring us out of being religious, he sent the Holy Spirit to live in us. To walk with us, to teach us, to guide us. To pour out his grace upon our lives. The Bible says, Jesus himself speaking, the thief came only to steal and kill and to destroy. He says, you know what? The enemy comes to rob you of life. He said, I've come to give you life. And life in abundance that comes through the Holy Spirit into our lives. Jesus said, it's for your good that I go so that he can come and be with you. The Spirit fills us, filled with the Spirit, baptizes us in the Spirit. He guides us. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into truth. He speaks to us. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I remember hearing a famous preacher once say, do all of you believe that you have spiritual ears? And everybody went, amen. He said, when was the last time you heard the Lord speak? Oh, 
What's the point of having ears if we don't hear him? But to hear him, sometimes we have to quiet ourselves so that he can speak to us. We have to talk to him. We have to engage with him. The Spirit empowers us, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. The Spirit brings gifts into our lives. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. The Spirit produces his fruit in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Man alive, we need the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, don't we? The Spirit gives life. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. God has provided the spirit-filled life for us as an alternative to, for our lives that we might live full and happy and joyful as we focus on him. It's not that these other things are wrong, friends. I'm not saying that this morning. I'm not having a go at people drinking. Listen, I enjoy a glass of wine, okay? I prefer a beer, if I'm honest, but I do enjoy a glass of wine. But, but I'm able to drink one and then stop. It's, it's not my life. To be honest, I prefer water. Perrier. Because <laughs> I'm classy, don't you know? I so 70s in the Perrier. I'm so old. It's not about that. It's about, you know what? I want to be filled with the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit's here this morning. And what he really wants is, he wants a place at your table. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll open the door and let me and I'll come in and eat with you and you with me. What was he talking about? He was talking about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's the only one who can really stop us from being bogged down in our religion. You can bring vitality to our lives. But we need to make that decision. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads us away. Instead, to be filled with the Spirit. What does this mean for us today? means you can't do everything. Is there something that you're doing that you need to stop doing so you can follow him properly? So you can walk towards him, not walk away from him. Is there a course adjustment? You see, this is the nature of Christianity. Christianity is walking with Jesus. It's, it's this pilgrimage with him. It's walking and keeping in step with the Spirit. And see, it's very easy, isn't it, when you're on a journey to just, to just take a step away. Say, oh, I just want to park here for a while. You ever been in a convoy and got totally lost? Because you turned off. And getting back is hard. It's always hard to get back, friends. But it's not impossible. It means that we just have to turn back to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I want to walk with you today. I want to keep in step with you today. This is something that you maybe need to do to bring you back to walk with him. Your choices are leading you somewhere, either good or bad. We need to take responsibility for actions. We are free to choose, but we have to understand that those choices produce fruit in our lives. Either we come closer to the Lord or we go further from him. I can't make that point. I need to go on. You need to take hold of the provision of the Lord for you today. Be filled with the Spirit. We're going to pray in just a moment for just that. But today, I just want to give a... Appeal, maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're not following Jesus closely. Maybe you're here and uh, someone's brought you here. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you've been here many times. This little verse says just one thing to you. Actually, you need to turn away from something to follow him. 
Following Jesus is a big commitment. Jesus said to people, you need to think about the cost of this. Because it's not just a, well, yeah, I'm just including Jesus in my life. See, that would be easy, wouldn't it? We could all just go, well, let's include Jesus in our lives and then forget about it. No, friends, this is I'm following Jesus with my life. Maybe today you're in a place where you just need to say, you know what, that, that word's for me. I need to stop doing this so I can pursue him. We're going to bow our heads and pray in just a moment, and I'm going to pray a simple prayer, which I want you to repeat in your head. It's just a prayer of commitment to say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to pursue you. And then we're going to pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit this morning. Let's bow our heads. If you need to pray a prayer this morning just to follow him, He's saying, David, I I know that word's for me today. I need to turn away from this stuff because it's killing me. It's led me into all kinds of places that just aren't where I want to be today. And I need to get right with God. And you just pray this prayer in your head as I pray it. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming to this world to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, I realize where I've been headed is away from you. And today I want to turn back to you. So I choose, Lord, to turn my life around and follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for coming to die for me so that I might have life. Lord, I'm going to be led by you and walk with you through the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Just so that I can...